time for the word of the Lord. Come and give Jesus a praise clap, if you will. Why don't you go ahead and turn to John's Gospel, chapter number 3. And uh, while you're turning, I want you to go ahead and stand to your feet in honor of the, words, uh, of the word of the Lord. The Gospel of John, chapter number 3. Now stand to your feet, please. The Gospel of John, chapter number 3. And we are going to begin reading in verse number 1. When you arrive there, you can say, Amen. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Pray with me. Father, this is the moment, Lord, that we've all waited for. Father, the moment, Lord, when you begin to speak to us in a revelatory way about life, about new life and what it really means to come alive in Jesus. And so today, Lord God, I pray that you would use this vessel. Father, that you would use this broken vessel for your own glory. God, your word is true. Your word, Father, is everything to us. You said heaven and earth will pass away, and God, you reminded us that your word will stand the test of time. And so, God, we want you to know today that we honor your word, we love your word, and we long to hear your word so that we may be transformed by it. Fill me with your Holy Spirit as I speak for these next few moments. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. You know, as a result of sin in our world, there's no question that life can feel very hopeless at times. We live in a world of pain, death, suffering, violence, Wars and rumors of wars. We live in a world of lying and cheating, a world of broken relationships, a world that lacks integrity, a world at times that is full of disappointments and failures, sickness, and disease. These are all a part of a world that is broken. 
Our world today, it is broken. Paul describes it this way in Romans chapter 8, verse 22. He says, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together even unto now. So a whole world lie in a predicament that it needs help. For many, these challenges can seem overwhelming that we have to deal with. I'm sure that if you've been paying attention to the news, we've all heard of the pilot that was flying a German airplane and flew it into the French Alps. Killed almost 150 people. And we all sit back and we wonder, and we try to figure, what was he thinking? What, what was going on in his mind? Think about the people that got on their plane simply thinking they were going home to mom, dad, see their family, and all of a sudden, their lives is cut short. And those people, the, the victims' families are weeping, and they are trying to figure out why. Like many of us, we go through situations, and we too ask the question, God, why did my loved one have to die? God, why did this situation have to turn out the way that it is? Why, God, is there such pain? Why, God, is there such hurt in our world today? And one can see all of that, and, and, and you'll be tempted to think, man, we're trapped. How can I get all of all this? Jesus is the answer. Jesus is not just another feel-good story, as, one, as some would try to say, that perhaps Jesus was just uh, a person who came at a particular time, and that time is over. Jesus is forever. You hear me say this, and I believe this with all of my heart, and I want to say it again here this morning. I believe that the church is the hope of the world. I, really, I, believe that, I believe that Jesus is the hope of a world that is dying, a world that is confused, a world that is trying to figure it out all on their own. And Jesus today remains a controversial figure because many people are trying to find life without him. And you cannot find true life until you come to Jesus. He is the answer to every problem that exists to man. How many of you really, really believe that? Actually, it's true whether you believe it or not. He is the hope of the earth. So today, I am launching a brand new series entitled, Come Alive. Everybody say, Come Alive. Come alive. We are going to, I'm going to take you on a journey for the next few weeks. And we're going to put Christ in focus. Why is it that we as a people worship Jesus? Why is it that we as a people uh, have dedicated our lives to serving him. Why is Jesus so precious to us who believe? What is it about Jesus that makes him so different? 
Why is, for all times, and people have been trying for years to undermine his message to no avail. Because Jesus' life starts, it begins, and it begins throughout eternity through Christ and Christ alone. I, myself, when I gave my life to Jesus back in 1991, June 10th at 7 o'clock p.m., it was a profound time in my life. At that moment, I gave my life to him. Or right, actually, right before I gave my life to him, I was a man who had just graduated from college. I figured, I, I, I guess I was, I was thinking I was making some progress. And I remembered that there was such an empty feeling. Even though I had a degree, even though it seemed like I was on the path to something, there was this emptiness down on the inside of me. And then when I gave my life, it wasn't until I gave my life, I made a conscious decision. I said, Lord, be the Lord of my life. How many of you ever prayed that and meant it? And let me tell you, when I prayed that, I meant it, and my life has never been the same. I wouldn't trade what I got for Christ for nothing. There is no money. There is no jewelry. There is no ideas. There is nothing that you can give me that, is, that exceeds the glory by which Christ has raised me from the dead. I was a dead man. I stand here alive today, not physically, but spiritually. Because... Jesus made a way for me. So today, we're going to talk about new life. New life. Now, if you've been saved for a while, I want you to be as focused as the person who may be sitting here today who is skeptical, skeptical about what new life really means. But I want to underscore today that everyone needs new life because how many know that this life is ending fast? From the time that a person is born, do you know they start to die? Think about that. From the time a baby, we have some people in our church that just recently had babies. From the time that that baby came out of the womb, that baby is on the way to death. I hate to say that, but it's true. And the only way that life can, be, can, can come to any one of us is we have to be uh, uh, in relationship. We need new life with Jesus. So the need for new life. I'm going to throw a couple of uh, passages of scriptures at you, and some of you already know these, but bear with me. The Bible says, why do we need new life? Well, number one is because all have sinned. Everybody say all. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, if you know yourself, you don't need to be convinced of that. <laughs> if you know yourself, you know that you are a sinner in need of a savior. The Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen short, every one of us. Now, hear this. Your neighbor is not the standard of righteousness. The person that you look at and you know and you said to yourself, boy, they got it all together. On their best day, they are about a two on a scale from ten. The Bible says that all of us have sinned that our righteousness, apart from Christ, is like a filthy rag. So that means that the standard that God has set 
for us that every human on the planet, every human has fallen short of it. Every one of us. Nobody can claim that somehow that they're better, that they don't sin. You are lying. I'll tell you to your face if you ever said that. With a whole lot of love, of course. <laughs> Paul describes what life was prior to salvation. Listen to this. This is a wonderful verse. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 5. See, Ephesians chapter 2 said, And you he made alive. Everybody said alive. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You who were in sin before, listen, before you came to Christ, you knew your condition. Listen to this. He says, who were dead in trespasses and sin. Everyone who don't know Christ today is dead in trespasses and sin. Well, I don't know anything about that. I'm, God sent me to tell you that sin has affected every person that is seated here today in some way. He says, in which you once walked. Everybody say, once walked. Walk. How many know that when you get saved, you ain't supposed to walk like that no more? <laughs> in which you once walked according to the course of this world. In other words, this is the way I used to walk. See, see according to the prince of the power of the air. See, if one is not redeemed today, they are being influenced by the enemy. Well, the devil ain't. No, no, I'm not. I'm telling you, yes, you are. And you don't even know it, some of you, who are not redeemed. Now, watch this, and, and particularly people who are on the outside. They don't understand. I was watching this morning. I was looking at people walking around, and people in their, in their, you know, just going to the store, and they're washing their cars. They're walking around, and they're thinking, man, I'm just full of life. And they don't understand. Amen. They don't understand that they're dead without Christ. They're dead. And I look at them as dead. Not, and I'll say, I say that with a lot of love because I'm praying for them. He said, verse 3, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh. How many know your flesh is an ugly thing? Paul says that in me, my flesh dwelleth no good thing. How many know that you don't want to follow your fleshly appetites? Come on, somebody. You know, your fleshly appetites, it'll lead you into some bad places. Anybody hear, hear what I'm saying this morning? He's among whom we also conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like everybody else. I mean, there's a day of wrath coming. Aren't you glad that God, Jesus, listen, the reason why people are still allowed, allowed to walk the planet and Jesus haven't come back yet is he's still trying to get some folks saved. Because there's a wrath that is coming upon the earth and it's going to be horrific. God is a good, listen, God is a good God, but he has to punish sin. He has to. The wrath of God is on the way, which means we have to be urgent in sharing our message. But what? So watch this, verse 3. Among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like others, but God. Everybody say, but God. But God. Is there anybody in here that ever had a but God moment? Yeah. You know, you thought you were on your way out, but God. You thought your sickness was unto death, but God. You thought you didn't have enough, you weren't going to make it, but God. You thought they were going to get the better of you, but God. Has anybody here ever had a but God moment? But God. Well, I can, I can just preach right. But God. 
God stepped in, who is rich. Everybody say rich. In mercy. Aren't you glad that he got new mercies every day? You can't exhaust the mercies of God. The Bible declares, the Bible is clear that his mercies are new every morning. And I get up every day and say, Lord, kiss me with more mercy. His mercies are new every morning. Look at this. He says, but God, who is rich. That means he's loaded in mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, watch this, in trespasses and sins, made us alive with Christ. For by grace you have been saved. You know, some of us, you, you all know what I'm talking about. You see, God didn't wait for you to get it all together before he came to you. See, God came to, listen, God came to many of us when we were in prime time. Yes, sir. In prime time of your season, when you were at the pinnacle of your sin. God didn't just wait and say, okay, let me, let me wait and see. Is, is Sister John, uh, Brother John going to get it right? Uh, let me just wait for the perfect moment. No, God saw you in the thick of your sin, and he says, right there, I'm going to come and get you. And he pulled you out. He pulled you out. He came after you. How many know God loves you? Anybody here know God loves you today? He's rich in mercy. He saved you while you were dead. He came and he quickened you. He gave you life right when you didn't even think about him, didn't want anything to do with him. It was at that moment God was saying, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And aren't you glad he came for you this morning? John 3.16. Anybody know what John 3.16 says? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him get this through him might be saved. So how do we know that Jesus didn't come? Listen, Jesus didn't come to make life miserable. Jesus didn't come to just put a lot of rules and restrictions on us. Jesus came to save us. And guess what, church? He was motivated out of one thing, crazy love. I, I don't know. One of the things I, I hear people say all the time when they, they get before the Lord, they're going to ask them all kinds of questions, and they're going to ask the Lord, well, what about this girl? Why did this happen? I listen, I'm just going to look at the Lord and say, Lord, why me? Just, just why did you love me like that? Why, why, Lord, did you come chasing after me? I don't know about you, but I know he chased me out of some bad places. And his motivation was love. How I many know God is all-sufficient? God wasn't needing anything. God wasn't incomplete without you. God is all-knowing. He's all-sufficient. He's all-wise. He is to totally complete. How I many know he don't really need us? He, 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 listen, God not sitting back. No, sometimes we get, you know, we don't have this. I really need. No, I'm going to say, you never hear that come out of God's mouth because he don't. But his love demands that he comes after us. He came and he sent his son into the world. How many know the gospel is a gospel of love? There's no love that can compare to God's love. God's love pursued us. 
It pursued, and how many know it still pursue us today? How many of you have had a bad moment? Let me, let me be a little bit more blunt. Have anybody sinned lately? Aren't you glad God still loves you? Aren't you glad his love is unconditional? Aren't you glad that his love is not predicated upon you doing everything right? Because here's the thing, you ain't going to do everything right, because if you could, you wouldn't need the blood. Oh, just getting started. The blood of everybody say the blood. The blood which cleanses us. It keeps us right. It washes us of all of our sins. And so it brings us to this new point here in Nicodemus. Nicodemus in John chapter 3 was a, a Pharisee who came to Jesus at night. I like to call the story Nick at night. All the kids know what I'm talking about. We don't really know why, why Nicodemus came at night, but you know, I, I think it has something to do with the fact that you know, he didn't want all of his other uh, colleagues to kind of look down on him because Jesus was still in question. So Nicodemus come to Jesus at nighttime, Nick at night. And this is one time at nighttime there's some good things happen. There are very few good things happen in the dark at night, in the dark, dark, darkness. But this was a good thing that happened. Nicodemus come to Jesus. Look at verse number three. He said, Jesus and Nicodemus was asking the question here about, you know, how to be saved, how to enter into God's kingdom. Nicodemus knew. He said, he said, I know you come from God because nobody can do the kind of stuff that you do unless he come from God. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Now, I know some of us look at that question and be like, well, why is he asking that question? That the first question popped up in my mind. How is that going to happen? Right? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, let me, let, me, let me explain something to you, because this is an important point that we must understand as believers. And those who are non-believers, you might be sitting here today, if you don't know Christ, you must understand that you cannot work your way into heaven. That everyone who gets saved, you, listen, you must be born again. You know, when people always, y'all, y'all know my joke, you know, people, well, brother, I was born this way. I always tell them that's why the Bible says you must be born again. You were born in sin. We're all born with proclivities towards certain kinds of sins. You understand what I'm saying? We all got some hang-ups. We're all born with things that we're kind of driven to by the lust of our flesh. This is why Jesus said that you must be reborn. You must be born again. In other words, you got to have a new spirit. You got to be, listen, that got to be a, 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 your whole inside has to change. New birth is spiritual. It's not physical. You can't work your way in. You can't even be intellectual. There are some people who try to intellectualize. I don't know if that's a word, but it sounded good. <laughs> is, that, is that word? Is that word? Amen intellectualize their way into the kingdom, but they can't do it. You cannot intellectualize your way into the kingdom of God. You must be born again. And listen, being born again is not something that anybody can do for you. It's not something you can do yourself. You can only be born from above. You can't fake it to make it, baby. Mm. 
Only Jesus can save you. And he knows those who are his. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, unless you get born again from above. Nicodemus was thinking about the flesh. Well, I gotta, how can I jump back in my mama's womb? No, Nicodemus, this is a spiritual thing. See, all that is wrong with the world today is spiritual. Y'all, you see, most of us don't understand that, and so we attack, we attack things from the natural. This is why we get mad with politics. This is why you get mad about certain things, because you're looking at it through fleshly lens, and you're not seeing it in the realm of the spirit. The spirit is more reality than what you see with your naked eye. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness where? High places. This is where the fight is. So you ever seen a person, for an example, say, well, I don't understand. You know, a person, they just want to try to understand. Let me tell you something. The the word of God is living. Amen. This is breathing. This book is powerful. I want you to lay your eyes on it. It's not just words on a page. This is living, breathing, eternal word of God. And no matter what men say, and you know they've been trying for how many years? Forever to try to discredit, but they can't. Because Jesus said this thing will stand forever. And so, so watch this. So you can't, un- listen, unless you're born again, you can't, listen, you, you are not even at the place where you can start to begin to process this. There's a lot of folk that are there. Well, you know, you hear people, well, I can't understand the word. Well, I tell you what, let's first, first let's do this. Let's talk about getting saved first. Let's talk about getting born again. Amen. And God will, see, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. You can't understand this, this thing. This is spiritual. And the only way you're really going to be able to capture it is you've got to come like it. That's why Jesus says come like a child. He's a humble, everybody said, humble yourself. See, the results of new birth, now you, it, it's not something that you can physically see with your eye, but, 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 but you can physically see when it hits somebody, when somebody gets born again. You know what I'm saying? Because when you get born again, uh, you got a, a passion now for things of God. You, you got a hunger for him. You begin to seek his will. The old things that you used to do, they kind of bother you now. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you, you know, the things, the old sin habits, and old, the, you, all of a sudden now, you're being harassed. Whereas before, when you were living according to your flesh, you did what you wanted to do with no second thoughts about it. All you thought about is, how can I get away with it? But now, if you're thinking something wrong with you, if you're thinking, I'm like, oh, God, please help me. Why? Because you've been born again. When you've been born again, your life changed. There's a whole new realm that opens up to you. You begin to see things in in the supernatural. There's a whole new world that God begins to show you. But how many know in order to get to that point, you must be willing to give up your own life? Oh, Matthew 10, 39 says this. Jesus, Jesus was powerful in, in so many ways. I just love him. How many of you love Jesus? He said, he, who finds, he, he said, he who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. You want to find, you want new life? Give up your own. Give up your old life. Is any, I have any witnesses in here of anybody who gave up their old life. How many of you, how many of you would say, Pastor, I'm better for it today. I, I'm better. You're better for it today. 
So you got to be willing to give it up. Give up your old life. If you want new life, Jesus says, I'll exchange it. I'll give you something that you can really rejoice about. How many know that only Jesus can give you new life? Now, I'm going to make a couple of statements here. For some of you who are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to love this. But some of you who are otherwise persuaded, you might have a couple of questions. But I'm a preacher of the word of God, you know. I don't know how to do anything else. I just, I just, you know, I just read the book and I just say what it said. I mean, I, I have no authority beyond the book, you see. The book, the word. Jesus said in John 10, 9, verses 9 through 10, Jesus says, I am the door. <laughs> well, that's this now. Now, now, Understand what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say that I am a door. He did not say that I am just one among many doors. I, I know what's being said out there today. You got your way. I got my way. We all going to get there together. How many know the devil is a liar? Jesus didn't die and bleed and sweat and did all that if he can get in other ways. You hear what I'm saying? He went through that God in flesh so that we could enter in. Jesus said, I am the door. He said, if anyone enters by me, y'all stay with me, he will be saved. And I will go in and out, and he will go in and out and find pastors. But the thief, I hate the devil, does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. How many know the devil is a lying spirit? He's a deceiving spirit. He wants people to believe it doesn't matter what you believe. It does matter. Don't believe the hype. It matters what you believe. Jesus said, I'm the door. He says, look at this verse. He says, I have come. Here's what Jesus said. He said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. A couple of things there. First of all, the door represents the point of entry. Right? The door. If I had a door up here, it's the point of entry. You see, when it comes to getting to the kingdom of God, there are no side doors. There are no back doors. In fact, Jesus said, he said, anybody who ever came before me who tried to act like they knew the way or people who try to get in some other way outside of Christ, he likened them to a thief and a robber. Read the text. How many know that thieves and robbers don't inherit the kingdom of God? See, Jesus, he said, I'm the door. I'm it. And then he goes on to say that I came that you may have life. Look at this, church. More abundantly. Oh, he came that you might have life more abundantly. You understand something. Jesus didn't come to take away fun. He didn't come to take away joy. He didn't come to take away happiness. He didn't come to take away peace. He came to reveal what real joy and peace is all about. See, how many, know that, how many of you have been hoodwinked by the devil before? Come on. You've been hoodwinked. The devil made you think that this was right, and, and you got, look, you jumped up into it. You thought, man, I want this. It's going to be good, and you found out in the end. But it's, boy, boy, the devil got me. Oh, he got me. You see, and I hear people, here's what I hear people. Well, you know, uh, the Christian life is hard. Let me tell you something. <laughs> the Christian life ain't that hard. In fact, 
compared to what many of us came out to, I say the Christian life is pretty easy. I'm going to explain to you what hard is. You see, hard is trying to rebuild your marriage after adultery. That's hard. See, it's hard trying to regain the respect and trust on your kids when a person has been unfaithful to their spouse. That's hard. It's hard trying to get a job after you've been convicted of a felony for stealing, for lying, and for cheating. That's hard. It's hard having to beg someone for a ride because your license got suspended because you were drunk driving. I say that's hard. I like my heart a whole lot better. I, I like Jesus a whole lot better. You see, you see what the devil tried to do? He tried to tell you, oh, man, this is fun. This is good. No, it's not. It, let me tell you, the, Jesus came to set you free. Everybody say free. free. See, when Jesus, look at God's word. Don't look at God's word as restrictions. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm speaking parenthetically to you this morning. Listen to me. When you read God's word, don't, listen, don't look at it as restrictions. Look at the word of God as freedom. Because every time you don't obey it, the Bible says the wages of sin is what? You have to pay up. Now, there's pleasure in sin for a season. Oh, it makes you feel good for a season. But at some time, the devil is a hard taskmaster. He's going to make you pay up. Do you hear what I'm saying? And, and let me tell you something, it's hard. And so when people say to me, when people say, oh, you know, the Christian life is hard, I say, I start thinking about what my life was before I got saved. I say, oh, no, that devil, the Christian, that's what I need, baby. I'm free. This thing is all right with me. Lord, bring it on. Whatever you say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I am all in. It ain't hard, church. Jesus said, I came to give your life more abundantly. I want to, listen, I want you to have a good time. It's not, listen to me, you're not having a good time when you're living a life of debauchery, when you're hooked on drugs, when you're hooked on alcohol, when you're, when you're, when you're a slave to sin. That's not fun. Who wants that? New life is found in Jesus. Can the church say amen to that? Amen. Jesus go on to say something else to get everybody upset. Jesus said in verse John 14, 6, <laughs> he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one come to the Father, uh-oh, except through me. <laughs> oh, can you say amen to that? He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. He didn't say, I'm a way. He said, I'm the way. Listen, not your mama, not your daddy, not Buddha, not Muhammad, not the Pope. Nobody can save you, get you to God except Jesus Christ. Period. With a big old exclamation point. You got to listen to me. Don't listen. You got to be very comfortable. Hear me. You got to be very comfortable saying that. You cannot be sugarcoating that. You can't be afraid to offend people. Well, I don't want to offend you. Listen, if, you, listen, if, if any part of this book ain't true, how can I believe any of it? Jesus said this. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I am the life. You want truth? Look at Jesus. You want to know who God is? We was in our Bible study the other day. Oh, y'all been missing Bible study. It's been really fun the past couple weeks. Amen? We, some of the words in our Bible study, we had a hearty discussion, boy. We had a, I mean, it was a couple of fireworks in there. It was good. I mean, it was good. Y'all need to come to words in our Bible study. There's some, some stuff happening. God is staring the waters. 
Because we're dealing with the stuff that the people, and see, Christians sometimes, we, we buy the hype. You know, you already know that you're in the minority. You already know Jesus says, why is the gate that lead to destruction, but narrow is the way to lead to life. You already know that you're in a minority. So look, stand up proud because if God is with you, you're going to be fine. Do you hear me? We got to proclaim God's word. Jesus said he didn't even make a mistake. I, I wish you can't even misinterpret that. How can, he, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except, except through me. <laughs> I don't know how many ways you can misinterpret that. Well, you're just reading the scripture wrong. <laughs> Jesus is the only one that can give life. Finally, only Jesus can raise the dead. <laughs> I want to paraphrase a story in John chapter number 11. Powerful text. Jesus was summoned to Bethany to heal Lazarus in John chapter 11. By the time Jesus got there, Lazarus was dead. <laughs> and when Jesus got there, Martha runs up to him. She said, Lord, 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 Jesus, if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother Lazarus would be living. I mean, no, Jesus is never too late. Jesus reminded her, Jesus said to, to Martha, and he later said to Mary, he says, Lazarus will rise again. And you know what she said? She said, uh, she said I, oh, oh, I know. I know. My, my doctor, my theological stuff tells me that there's going to come a day when, when Jesus is going to raise, when, when everybody's going to be raised. From, I know Jesus. I know you. I mean, it's, going to, it's going to come. And, and, and Jesus had to look at, in John eleven twenty five. just write this verse down. Jesus looks at her. He said, honey, you don't, he kind of paraphrases. I'm paraphrasing. He says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, some of you don't really get that. Because, see, see, listen to me. Are you still listening to me? Say amen. amen. See, Jesus don't have to pray for the resurrection. <laughs> Jesus don't have to hope for the resurrection. Jesus don't have to believe for the resurrection. Jesus don't have to do a lot of study to try to figure out what is resurrection. Jesus looked at her and said, I am the resurrection, and the life. In other words, there's coming a day when those who believe me, they're going to rise from the dead, but since resurrection is here, I'm going to get them up now. Why? Because, see, this is why the grave couldn't hold them. How I many know the grave can't hold resurrection power? Jesus said, I am the resurrection. In other words, in other words when, when I show up, things got to get up. And see, and see, and here's the thing, here's the thing that's so powerful, be, be, because the Bible is, it talks about how the, all of us are going to be raised again from the dead, you know, eventually when we go into his new kingdom. But how many know that in a sense, we've all been raised anyway from the dead? He says, uh, he says to, uh, 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 and, and uh, believe uh, John, verse number, John 11, verse 39, uh, when it, Jesus comes up to this tomb, and old Lazarus has been dead for four days. And Jesus says, roll the tomb back. Mary and Martha said, they, they roll back the stone. And, and they go, Lord, 
It stinks. For four days, don't open that up, man. A, a foul odor is going to come out of there. But you know, it doesn't matter where you have been. It doesn't matter how stinky you are. It doesn't matter how funky you smell. Oh, I did go there, didn't I? It doesn't matter what kind of stinky clothes. Maybe you got the stench of the world all over you. Maybe you've been deep into it. Maybe, maybe you have been drunk with the scent. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the predicament that you've been in. How many know that Jesus can raise you today? It doesn't matter. Well, Pastor, you don't understand what I did. Oh, I, I probably don't, but he does. How many know that he can do the impossible? If you're sitting here today and you're thinking you've never given your life to Jesus, maybe you're sitting here you're thinking, man, I stink. I, 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 I've been stink. I've been, in fact, it ain't been four days, Pastor. It's been, it's been 15, 20, 30 years. It doesn't matter because Jesus will come right to you. He's saying to you right now this morning, come forth. He said to Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus got up. And thank God he called Lazarus' name because who knows, everybody else might have got up too. Because the Bible says coming a day when everybody's going to hear his voice. Because why? Because he is resurrection. He is life. Now you can, you can hear this sermon and you can hear this and you can think to yourself, yeah, okay, I got that and I hear this and you know, I came here today, and, uh, and you can walk out of here and just receive it as another sermon. Or if you don't know him, you can say, Lord Jesus, I've been dead, but will you please give me life? If you're a Christian, maybe over time you've taken for granted just what God has done in your life. How many know Jesus did a great work? He gave you new life. And he didn't give you new life for you to keep it quiet. How many know that we ought to talk about it? Everybody say talk about it. That's really what eats all about. Listen, you ought to, everywhere you go, you ought to tell people that there's a Savior that can save and that can resurrect you no matter what predicament you are in. It don't matter if you're crazy. It don't matter if you've been on drugs. It doesn't matter if you've been whoring around. It doesn't matter. I brought, I brought back a guy the other day, and, and, and he was downloading child pornography. And the shame, and I can look in this man's face, and I'm bringing them back because I was on an extradition. For those who don't know, my other job, my full-time job is as law enforcement officer. So I'm bringing this guy back, and I can see the shame of what he had done. And all I was trying to relate to the brother is, brother, it doesn't matter what you've done. Because some people would be like, well, you know what, man? Ain't no hope for that piece of trash. Amen. Well, if there was hope for that piece of trash, if there ain't no hope for that piece of trash, how was there hope for you? I mean, if it was hope for you, it's hope for him. It's hope for everybody. Jesus can resurrect anybody, don't matter what predicament you're in. So everybody, if they've got breath in their body, they can be raised today. And they can get new life. This is the beauty of the gospel. Can you give Jesus a praise clap for that? Every head.